A reading from Exodus. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord amongst us or not? This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, and this can be found on page 994 in the Church Bibles. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. To you, O Lord. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more, but they will have an abundance, 
Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Dear Lord, I pray that you would come by your spirit, that you would help me to speak, and that you would give us all ears to hear your voice. Amen. In 1978, the BBC launched a new um, radio programme. It was a comedy drama called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And in it, a group of super-intelligent beings searched for the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. And they used a supercomputer called Deep Thought, who calculated and worked it all out over seven and a half million years and finally came up with the answer. And the answer was... 42, that's right. And, and 42 was, was the answer. But the scriptures, why did I start with that? The scriptures this morning, the scriptures this morning, I think, give us the real answer to life, the universe, and everything. And if we could just get hold of this message that's in these scriptures this morning, and if we could just put it into practice in our lives and hold on to it, then we'd never probably have to listen to another sermon again. There you are. I'm preaching myself out of a job. So, put your hand up if you are a person of faith. So, we're in a church, in a Christian church. So, most of us put our hands up. Perhaps all of us put our hands up. Put your hand up again if you think you live by faith. (laughs) There's a little bit more hesitation going on there, isn't there? Well, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. So, if we're going to get to the answer of life, the universe and everything, then we have to go back to the question, or if you like, go back to the problem. And the problem is, if you like, is ably demonstrated in both Bible passages this morning. And so I'm going to look at Exodus to begin with. And the, the problem is, in a nutshell, the problem is fear. And before we turn to the passage for this morning, I'm going to flick back two pages to page 71 and just look at the sort of backdrop to this. Because the people of Israel, we, 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 Moses was, uh, we, we, weeks ago we heard of Moses being born, we heard him growing up in Egypt, we heard him rescuing the, the Israelites out of Egypt and they went on their journey towards the promised land. Now they haven't got there yet, they're still on their journey. But all the way along the way, we see that they are paralysed by fear. So in chapter 14 and verse 10, this is where they're hemmed in between the Red Sea and the advancing Egyptian army. And um, they, they say this to Moses. They say, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? And despite all of the miracles that God had performed in Egypt... They're terrified. And so Moses turns to God and God does a miracle, takes them through the Red Sea, and they're saved. And then if we turn one page over to to chapter 16, just a few weeks later, they're now scared because they think they're going to starve to death. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you've brought us out into the desert to starve. And so yet again, 
They're terrified. They're afraid. And then we, if we turn one page forward, we, we get to our passage this morning. Only this time it's not food, this time it's water. They're afraid they're going to die of thirst. Verse 3, when the, but the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Once again, they don't believe God's going to deliver them. They're paralyzed by fear. And then if we turn to our gospel reading, we'll see the same way that fear paralyzes, can paralyze our lives. It's a story, a parable Jesus tells of a master and three servants, and the master leaves all his wealth to them and disappears off for a long time. And he gives five bags of gold to one servant, two bags of gold to another, one bag of gold to another. And when he comes back after a long time, the one who's got five has converted it to five more. The one with two has converted it to two more. But the third servant, verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid the gold in the ground. Fear paralyzed the third servant, and he just hid the gold in the ground. And fear rules so much of our lives. We, f- we fear so many things. We fear not being able to pay the mortgage next month. We fear maybe not having enough money in retirement. We fear not being a success. We fear failure. We fear the breakdown of relationships. We fear so many things. We f- and, and, and fear causes virtually all of the bad things in the world. Fear is responsible for most of the violence in the world. It's responsible for discrimination. It's responsible for, for, for so much. It's responsible for war. But it's also responsible, not just for the big things, but for the little ways. It's responsible for indecision, for procrastination, for playing safe, for not living the lives we were called to live. Fear is pervasive, and that's the problem. And the question is, what's the answer? What do we do about it? And the good news is that the scriptures this morning not only tell us about the problem, but they also give us the answer. And I'm going to concentrate on the gospel passage, where perhaps it's given a bit more clearly. So first of all, what's the context? Well, this parable Jesus told was one of three. He told them in a row, one after the other. The parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the bags of gold, or in previous translations it would have been the talents, and the parable of the sheep and the goats. And all of them speak about how we're meant to live between the time of Jesus' ascension and the time of his return, looking forward to his return. And so in other words... For now, they speak about how we're supposed to live now, what we're supposed to do with with what God has given us. That's the context. So what about the characters? Well, the master of the story is God, Jesus, or God in Jesus. And the servants, well, they they represent the people that Jesus would have told the parable to. And so in today's, we, we would say that they represent us, you and me. So those are the characters. 
But, but what's going on here? Why does this third servant fear? Well, let's look at, at verses 24 and 25 again in a bit more detail. Because it says, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. That's the reason I was afraid. The reason he was afraid was, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so it turns out that the servant's fear is based on a misunderstanding of the character of God. He fears that he hides the money because he thinks God is a, is a hard, punishing, judging, arbitrary person who might swat him out um, at a moment's notice for no good reason. And yet, what does the parable actually say that God is like? Well, it begins with the master giving his servants all his wealth. Five bags of gold, two bags of gold, one bag. All his wealth, it says in the first verse. He entrusted his wealth to them. And so the first thing we can see is that God is generous beyond imagination. He gives us everything that he's got. The second thing we can see from this about God's character is that God is trusting He gives them all his wealth, and he doesn't give them instructions about what to do with it. He trusts them to look after it. So that's the second thing, that God is trusting. And and thirdly, he gives them free will, because they can do whatever they want. I mean, we assume the master wanted them to put it to good use, but he gives them free will to do whatever they want. And so he gives them everything. He's generous, he's trusting, he's loving... And yet, this third servant completely misunderstands that. And I think that over history, it's probably true that many, many people, possibly even more people than not, have lived in a relationship with God where they see God as this distant, punishing, judging God who might, at a moment's notice, come and mess up their lives, rather than a generous, trusting, loving God that we read about in the parable. And so what's the answer? What's the answer to this fear? Because, Because we know that so many people struggle with it. We all do, from time to time. Well, the answer is in the parable. The answer is... Faith. If we look at the first two servants, and if we look at, from verse 20, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And his master replies, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he repeats it. You have been faithful with a few things. And then the second servant comes the two bags of gold, that he's made two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. The answer to life, the universe and everything is faith. 
Faith is the opposite side of the coin from love. It's, it's, exa- it's, the, it's the same thing. You can't love someone without having faith in them or have faith in them without loving them. And God, God wants us to know that he is a generous, loving God who we can have faith in. And, and ultimately, let's think about the bags of gold. What do the bags of gold mean? Well, they represent in the story money, but actually in the parable they represent everything that God has given us. He's given us the world. He's given us our lives. He's given us, he's even given us his son, Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Despite all of the ways that we mess up, despite all of the sin in our lives, despite all the things that we've done wrong, he's given us his only son who died on the cross in order that we could be forgiven and set free. He's that generous. He's that generous. And so the question is, will we believe him? Will we believe what God says about himself? And I think this plays out not just at an individual level, but at a church level as well. I've been thinking about it in relation to um, St. Matthew's Church. You know, when the Archdeacon came last week and talked about growing confidence in, in, in the ministry and mission of St. Matthew's, which is part what the, the, the induction was, was all about and the, the lifting of the suspension on the parish, when she talked about that, I don't think that was a, a well done, St. Matthews, you've made it, now you can relax and, uh, and uh, you know, you're, you're there. I think it was much more like being handed a bag of gold and being told, go for it. And I think that God has, has actually blessed us when we have stepped out in faith, when we've risked and stepped out in faith. You know, do you know the beginning of this year, here's a little example. Beginning of this year, we set a budget for the year. And our budget was to spend £40,000 more than we expected to get in in income. Now, that may sound completely crazy, but we had some reserves, and so it wasn't completely crazy. But that was our budget. And at the finance meeting last week, Andy Noonan, who's gradually taking over the, the treasury reins, as it were, from Jenny Searle, said that, do you know, by the end of the year, it looks like we're just about, well, within a, a, a small amount, we're just about going to break even. That's amazing. So we, we've still done virtually all of the things we planned to do at the beginning of the year, but instead of a £40,000 deficit, we're going to just about break even. Why? Because, well, I guess we, we've spent a little bit less than we thought we would um, in doing what we've done, but also people have been a lot more generous than we expected. And so we stepped out in faith. We had a very big faith budget, but God has seen us through. And I think that's just a a starting point, if you like. I think in the months and years ahead, we've got much bigger challenges as well. We're trying to employ a youth worker at the moment for St. Matthew's. And that's going to cost money. We're, We're running out of space. We're running out of space for... For RE Inspired on Friday, when 90 children, we're going to have to have tables all around the church. We're really running out of space. We're running out of space for Holiday Club. There were really too many children uh, for the space that we had in here at Holiday Club. We're running out of space for youth work. We're running out of space for all school assemblies, for for the primary schools in Southgate who have to come here because they don't have rooms big enough. 
And so in the, ne- in, 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 in the months and years ahead, we, we're going to need to alter the buildings and, and add to the buildings. And that's going to be a big step of faith as well. But I think, reading this parable, I think, well, what, what, what do I want to do? At the end of my life, do I want to look back and say, you know, even if I failed at certain things and missed certain things, do I want to be a person who took the bags of gold and put them to work as best I could? Or do I want to be like that servant who just took the bag of gold and buried it in the ground and we'd never know how life could have been different? And I know what I want to do. And then, and then on a personal level, what are the bags of gold that God has given you? What's your attitude to risk? Wouldn't you love to hear at the end of the day, when you stand before the King of Kings, wouldn't you love to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. Wouldn't that be amazing? I know that's what I'd like to hear. And I'd encourage all of us to think, of what, think about the bags of gold that we've been given and to be prepared to take a risk and step out for the kingdom of God. Amen.